going on guys this is Gary today is the 17th of December we are seven days away from Christmas Eve eight days away from Christmas Day and nine days away from Boxing Day and we're definitely going to talk about Boxing Day uh, probably for a majority of this podcast not just about that day specifically but <clears throat> what is going to start on that day and happen for the eight days that follow or the seven days that follow. First though, hope everybody's doing well. Hope everyone had a successful game week 17. Saw a lot of scores uh, coming through the Let's Talk Soccer Instagram page, whether through direct message, comments, uh, tagging us on posts, whatever it may be. So super happy for everyone, um, <clears throat> or at least for those that did well, and also saw a lot of good news on Twitter, too. So uh, it was a tough game week, for sure. <clears throat> really, what it came down to was a couple of things, success-wise. Having faith in and being patient in a couple of key players and choosing the right captain. And this week, or this past weekend, unfortunately, Vardy was not the right captain. <clears throat> thought we thought he had a goal at one point. Um, that decision was reversed, and <clears throat> he got credited with a uh, an assist uh, for an own goal by Kroll. So got a little bit of a return, but not nearly as much as uh, those of us that captained him wanted and we we did captain him he's been very good to us as he has been to millions of other fpl managers over the past several weeks <clears throat> for me though more than anything um because this happens in fpl your captain can't return every single game week the way that you want him to um but it's kind of disappointing to see the streak end i uh, was kind of hoping that he was gonna go on a run that uh rivaled or maybe even bested his run from their title-winning season. So, um, you know, always sort of rooting <clears throat> for things like that and, and certainly uh, enjoy those those moments. Um, and that's one of the big reasons that we watch sports anyway is to admire accomplishments like that because that is <clears throat> certainly not an easy thing to do, especially in a league like the Premier League in that level of competition. And, and the other point I was making then about the being patient with um, and having faith in is you see players like um, Salah and Sterling come good. Sterling has blanked more recently than Salah, but there was a time not too long ago when Salah <clears throat> was uh, blanking quite a bit and Mane was the better option. Not necessarily that Salah is the better option than Mane right now. Certainly had a better game than Mane did. But um, that persistence of some managers, um, they get rewarded with things like that. Those that held on to Sterling got rewarded uh, with a goal from him this weekend, this past weekend. We were one of the managers that 
replaced him. And that was, as I mentioned on the last podcast, a decision that I really, really struggled with. <clears throat> Turns out it was the wrong decision because we brought Sun in to replace Sterling, and we all know that Sun blanked over the weekend. But hopefully uh, we'll get rewarded with that decision at some point. And then Kevin De Bruyne is the other option of just sticking with a player because you know what they're capable of doing. And a lot of team management in FPL is recognizing that your players are going to go through very dry periods. Sterling has been through one recently. De Bruyne, a lot of managers were questioning whether or not, you know, he was the right player to have in their squads. And uh, I think he convinced most everybody over the weekend that um, he is certainly one to hang on to. But the players that we have the histories on, um, the Salas, the Mane's, Sterling's, Aguero's, Vardy's, players like that, I think you just got to kind of stick with them through uh, their dips in form because we know what's on the other side. And that other side could come at any given moment, um, and it certainly did with KDB. Um, let's quickly just sort of look at the results of the fixtures over this past weekend, um, see if anything interesting comes up, and then we're going to talk a lot about uh, Game Week 18 and then moving forward from there. So uh, we had Liverpool 2, Watford nil. Uh, Sala was definitely... Uh, the man of the match as far as as that goes. Uh, unfortunate for Robertson owners where he was benched originally and then came on pretty early in the match due to an injury but did not play 60 minutes minimum to qualify for the, uh, the clean sheet. So unfortunate there. <clears throat> Burnley won, Newcastle nil. No big surprises there. Another clean sheet for Pope owners. A little bit of a surprise here. Chelsea nil, Bournemouth one. I think a lot of uh, managers, including us, assumed that this was going to be <clears throat> not if Abraham scored or Pulisic scored, but how many were they going to score. Turns out the answer was none. Um, and good on Bournemouth <clears throat> for, for locking in that win. But uh, definitely concerns over Chelsea. That is a very young squad. So a lot of times with young squads... Uh, confidence is everything, and that will drive success or that will drive failure. And they did not look like a confident side in that Bournemouth match, uh, which then frightens me a little bit as an Abraham owner that perhaps uh, this trend may continue for a little while until they finally do get a good win under their belt. Um, and, you know, I don't think... If you do own Abraham, I don't think that he should be held responsible either by us as, as owners or actually by Lampard, his real-life manager, um, to a degree where he should be benched or you know by Frank or um, replaced on an FPL team. He just wasn't getting good service at all. Um, Chelsea just could not get the ball in the box well enough and create those chances um, that they need to create for a striker. So I don't think it's an Abraham issue. I think it's kind of everyone else around him. Leicester City won, Norwich won. I think a lot of people, including us, was not expecting that scoreline either. 
Um, as I just explained, we know how Leicester City got their one goal. Unfortunate, no clean sheets um, for any of the Leicester City defenders, and we had two of them in the match. We had Soy and we had Chilwell. Sheffield United 2, Aston Villa nil. Great scoreline if you are a Lundstrom owner and you played Lundstrom like we did. He got an attacking return in the form of an assist. Sounds like maybe he got a goal taken away uh, via VAR, or maybe that was the week before, or maybe that was actually both of them. Um, but we had Henderson uh, in goal and had uh, had Lundstrom on defense, so we were happy about that. Southampton nil, West Ham one, nothing too exciting there to talk about. Um, Man United won, Everton won, another scoreline that probably should have been much more in the favor of the home team than it was. Sounds like maybe Everton are going to get Carlo Ancelotti in as manager, so that'll be interesting to see how they move forward. Maybe all of a sudden Everton um, assets get back on the radar. We'll have to see how that goes. Or if you want to take the risk initially and hope that it pays off, then certainly um, it could be an excellent differential if that pays off. Um, not a whole lot coming from the Man U side of things and kind of disappointed in the lack of productivity um, from their attack. Wolves 1, Spurs 2. Don't think anyone was super surprised about <clears throat> that except for the fact that um, Delhi, Kane, and Son blanked, um, and they have a lot of ownership um, when you add all of their uh, all of the teams that are on together. Man City 3, Arsenal 0. Man City looked devastating in that match. Uh, could have been more, almost a hat trick for De Bruyne, if it weren't for the fingernails of Leno and goal, who made a really, really nice save. It was a lovely shot curling to that upper right corner um, by De Bruyne, and Leno stretched out and hit it enough just so that it came off the woodwork. Um, and then Crystal Palace won, Brighton won. Um, a bit of an uninspired game, it sounds like. I wasn't watching it, but I was listening to it on the radio, <clears throat> and a lot of uh, disappointed Kelly owners, but um, some very happy Guaita owners uh, because of the, the number of saves that he made and the bonus points that he got. He really did get a clean sheet in essence. I think he came out with eight points, so um, even better than a clean sheet if he didn't have any bonus points, um, if that would have been the case. Okay, so let's talk, rather than talking a lot about players, because we know a lot of the players um, that we're thinking about or that are the popular ones or the, the great ones to get. It's really no secret anymore. You know, there is, as soon as a player catches on, like talk, like Grillish, for instance, um, as soon as they have a decent game, uh, they get picked up pretty quickly um, by the rest of the FPL community. So it really doesn't, make a lot of sense to talk differentials, not only for that reason, but because we all know who those differentials are. It's just a matter of whether each individual manager has a risk tolerance enough to 
um, bring them into their team and, um, and take that risk and, and make a change. What I want to talk about is a couple of things. So as we know, in game week 18, Liverpool and West Ham do not play. Their game was postponed because of Liverpool's uh, non-Premier League schedule and the match that they have in the Club World Cup. Among other matches this week, they're actually playing with a split squad for that very reason. Uh, Carabao Cup match, which is, I don't know the exact figures, but um, maybe the youngest side Liverpool has ever fielded. A lot of names that I don't recognize. While the um, you know, starting 23 or the, you know, the, the 23 on the senior team are um, playing away at the, the Club World Cup. But nevertheless, for those that own Liverpool assets, our advice is this. If you have a decent bench, and by decent we mean have players that are regular starters in their team, not necessarily that they're superstars, not necessarily that they're going to get attacking returns most every game, <clears throat> but just those that play, that will get a couple of points for playing, and could possibly get a clean, sh- you know, get a clean sheet or have some attacking returns here and there. Those are the ideal bench players. They're low priced. At a minimum, they're going to get a couple of points, and you know, while the ceiling isn't super high in the terms of sort of the max amount of points they can get, there is some potential there. So our advice is just bench your Liverpool players and let your bench take over. Now, if you don't have a decent bench, rather than using those free transfers to replace your Liverpool players, use it to improve your bench. Because you will need a strong bench through the rest of the season. I'll get into a little in a little bit how you're going to need it immediately uh, following game week 18, and then you're really going to need it through the end of the season. There will be double game weeks. There will be blank game weeks, and your bench is going to come into play a lot. If you can't or you won't improve your bench or your bench doesn't already exist in a condition that you want it, then I suppose transferring out one, if you have multiples, one of your Liverpool players could do. It's just that if you're going to want them back in your squad immediately, you know, within a, you know, the next game or maybe the game after that, if you have any value tied up in them, you're throwing it all away. And even if you don't, you're using free transfers on things that don't necessarily need to be transferred. So it's about um, efficiency and and building for the long term instead of just a one-game fix. Because really, making transfers or even using your free hit, which some players are doing, um, which I don't advise, uh, that's very short-sighted on just how can I make Game Week 18 work for me Versus what's sort of the, the, the longer outlook and looking ahead a bit more. Moving ahead of game week 18, and here's why I say a bench is extremely important. Game week 19, let me get to this. So game week 18 starts this coming Saturday, the 21st, and runs through Sunday, the 22nd. That's game week 18. Game week 19 
starts just a few days later. Starts on Thursday the 26th, <clears throat> and that's when the chaos begins. So that is Boxing Day, uh, the 26th of December. So there's a number of matches that day, um, nine matches in fact, and then one on Friday the 27th. That's game week 19. So the majority on 26th of December, one on the 27th. Game week 20 then starts one day, the next day actually, after game week 19 ends. So game week 20 starts on the 28th. So game week 19 starts on the 26th, a Thursday. There's one game on Friday the 27th, that which is a Friday, that Saturday, the 28th, the next day, game week 20 starts. And it's sort of a split number of games that day. So there's seven games on Saturday the 28th, three games on Sunday the 29th, and then game week 20 is over. Game week 21 starts Monday, the next day, the 1st of January, the new year, with uh, nine matches that day and one match on the 2nd of January. So let's go through this again. What it comes down to is that you have three separate game weeks. These are not double game weeks. These are not blank game weeks. They are three separate game weeks. But rather than having several days in between each of them, you have about 12 hours in between them, maybe 24 hours. Um, so game week 19 starts on the 26th. You have games on the 27th, a game on the 27th. Game week 20 starts on the 28th with a handful of games on Sunday the 29th. Game week 21 starts on Wednesday the 1st with one game on the 2nd. So in the order of days, there's a game on Thursday. There's games on Thursday, a game on Friday. Games on Saturday, games on Sunday, games on Monday, and one game on Tuesday. So in the span of, what is that, about seven or eight days, it's three different game weeks. There will, without question, be player rotations and not just you know, sort of the role players or the ones that are easily subbed in and out. We're talking Sterling's, De Bruyne's, Salah, Mane, Aguero if he's back, you know, probably Vardy. If for no other reason, then that's just a lot of work. And while these guys are world-class athletes, that's just a lot of wear and tear on the body. And their managers know that, that it's not just about getting through those three game weeks, but it's about getting through successfully, meaning that there's no injuries or there's a limited number limited number of injuries, <clears throat> and that means that you've got to rest your guys. So this is not a scenario where you can guess and get lucky that, well, if I transfer, I have one free transfer, I have two free transfers, I'll just transfer these two guys out in for those two guys. <clears throat> 
because there's nothing to say that you're going to get that right. It is all pieces in motion, all teams in action. It's impossible to narrow it down, and your bench will be critical. So we've been preaching this for several weeks now, and um, it is here. It is nigh, my fellow FPL managers. So our advice above everything else is get your benches in order. We keep posting that on Instagram. We keep getting questions that, okay, this is a, these are double game weeks, right? The answer is wrong. There are no double game weeks. No double game weeks have been announced. So just to clear it all up, nothing has been announced yet. People um, are predicting when they are, and they could, they could be very, very right. There's some great uh, Twitter accounts out there, for instance, that do an excellent job of predicting these things. But until the Premier League says, this is what's what, it's all just conjecture. And what we do know to be a fact is that there will be three game weeks played over eight days and your bench will be necessary. It's not that you'll have the option to bench players. It is that you'll be forced to have auto subs come on. And even then, there's no guarantee that a couple of your auto subs won't play. So uh, get comfortable with the fact, as comfortable as you can be, that you may get points from just 9, 10, maybe 8 players in one of those game weeks, game week 19, 20, 21, or maybe you have a player each of those three game weeks uh, that doesn't play or something like that. Um, You may not get points from 11 players each of those weeks. Um, it's unfortunate. It sucks. Definitely not what any of us want, but it's about managing your team as best you can. Um, I don't think it makes sense to take hits unless it is in an effort to get your bench squared away. If it's just because you want a premium player or you think this player is not going to play and this one is, I think you're, you're wasting it because you may lose points just by the nature of what I was saying in that you may not have 11 players worth of points to begin with. So cut your losses, limit your losses, limit your liabilities, and build that bench because you will absolutely need them between game weeks 19 through 21, and then you're going to need them throughout the rest of the season because of things happening like this. And like I said, blank game weeks and double game weeks. So that's the best advice we can give. We don't need to give player tips this time around. We need to get across that your bench is critically important. So use your free transfers on that. Build those benches. If you need suggestions, you need recommendations from us, DM us on on Instagram. Our page is simply Let's Talk Soccer. Easy enough to find. We will get back to as many people as we can. Um, Look for... Uh, responses that we give in comments for posts that we make because we will cover a lot of frequently asked questions um, in those areas as well. So I think that's going to do it for now. If we haven't gotten a point across, get your punches squared away, guys. Super, super important. We used our one free transfer this week. We had a little extra money in the bank, so we actually... Um, got rid of Button and brought in Guaita. So we actually have a backup goalkeeper now, or two goalkeepers, I should say, that we can rotate. Wouldn't be surprised either if goalkeepers 
get subbed out um, over that that eight day span, game weeks twenty or nineteen through twenty one. So when I say get your bench in order, that includes your bench goalkeeper as well. And then you have the ability once you have that that additional goalkeeper, you have the ability to rotate when you need to. So really, it's a great peace of mind thing as well. All right, guys, that's going to do it. I've ranted enough about the bench. Hope everyone um, has a very enjoyable and productive game week 18. Hope to hear that all of you, most of you, get Green Arrow. Certainly hoping for that for ourselves. And until next time, we say peace and goodbye.